At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His, and we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Would you please rise for our first song? the city lights, my world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight, touch down on the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop, breathe in the familiar shock of confusion and chaos, all those people going somewhere, why have I never cared, give me your eyes for just one second. Your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for many. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted. Ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones who got them. Give me your eyes so I can see. There's a man just to right, black suit and a bright red tie. Too ashamed to tell his wife he's out of work, he's buying time. All those people going somewhere, why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second, give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for a minute. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones forgotten. Give me your eyes so I can see. Yeah. second chance to see the way you've seen the people all along give me your eyes for just one second give me your eyes so i can see everything that i keep missing give me your love for humanity give me your arms for the brokenhearted the ones that are far beyond my reach give me your heart for the ones forgotten give me your eyes so i can see give me your eyes Give me your eyes so I can see for everything that I keep missing. Give me your arms for the broken hearted. Give me your heart for the ones you've got. Give me your eyes so I can see. 
prayer. If you would, please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this morning. And Lord, we ask you as a collective group to open our eyes. Give us your eyes that we can see all of our neighbors through all of the struggles, all the hurt, all the pain, whether they be poor, rich, meek, or mild. Lord, we ask this, that you bless them as well as us and our relationships with them. Lord, I ask that you bless this time together, bless the message we're about to receive, the music we're about to play. Lord, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's uh, confess our sins to God, our Heavenly Father. Together, Heavenly Father, your desire is to bless your children here on this earth and for eternity. In your word, you show me how by your grace and mercy, I have received one blessing on top of another. Lord, I confess that my sin has caused me to miss out on your blessings. My sin of selfishness, laziness, and rebellion has separated me from you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, show me my sin and remind me of your love 
that you have expressed through the sending of your son, Jesus. May the good news of his suffering, death, and resurrection empower me to live as your child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all God's people say, Amen. This time you may be seated. And we continue in our service by receiving the prayer baskets, offering prayer requests, and all those other things that we do at that time. With the name. 
Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I have to tell you, yes, it's me again. Seems like it's been a while since I've been here, and it's awesome to get a chance to come back and be with you, especially on a day such as this. Do you know why? I love being able to come to 1C because I can dress casual, take off the penguin suit for a week, come in and put on blue jeans, put on my man shirt. I love wearing my man shirt. Anybody got one of these, the shirt your wife just hates you to wear? And the best thing is I'm even ready to sit down and watch football this afternoon when I get home. No change in clothes or anything like that. So I feel like I'm set for today. By the way, I'm Pastor Sparling. I come to you over from uh, Emmanuel Lutheran Church, a sister congregation here in town. We pray for you and hope the Lord blesses you today. And we're going to go ahead and continue in this series that apparently is, Won't You Be My Neighbor?, Won't you be my neighbor? And that's always a a good theme based, of course, on the popular Mr. Rogers thing, especially brought into acute awareness by the movie that's been released featuring Tom Hanks by the same title. And it's kind of interesting coming in to be a part of a series, and I wasn't even sure that that was what the series was about. I had to depend on my associate pastor, Pastor Chris Ramstad, who will be here next week, by the way, to continue on in the series. But I thought, you know, when we said that uh, neighboring or how to neighbor, and today I get to the theme uh, empowering the poor. I thought it might be, but I wasn't sure because unlike my younger associate, I'm not into the culture as much as he is. And so he was the one who said, oh, yeah, that's got to do with that. I didn't know that automatically. And one of the reasons is because I never watched Mr. Rogers when I was a kid. Can you believe that? There's one of us here in the world that hasn't seen it. Oh, I remember the way he used to come in and was really nice and kind. And I always kind of wish as an adult that I could be that nice and kind. But then as I've lived my life, I've always discovered, uh, I don't know if anybody's that nice and kind, quite frankly. And understand in the movie, there's a lot of surprise over that from the journalistic Hollywood crowd and everything else. But I always think that when we gather together to say, won't you be my neighbor, it's important to establish the fact of who is our neighbor. Now, if you were to think about it in terms of, well, somebody that lives next door to us or somebody lives behind us or in front of us or something like that, then we can look at a neighbor as somebody, yeah, we should get to know them. We help to protect each other here in this world. But you see, neighbors aren't only those people that are familiar to us. Neighbor can be anybody in the world. Anybody who stands in need of something that we have to offer to them. That's the broad expectation or that's the broad definition of what it means to neighbor. And we can be a neighbor to anybody. We can be a neighbor to everybody. But see, there's also some things that we get a little bit, oh, how do you say it, misconstrued about what it means. And to get into that, we're going to go to the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew. And the verse for today is going to be Matthew 25, verse 40. And I'm going to read for you, starting with the 31st verse, to kind of give us the context. Because one of the things I can tell you about this is that this is one of the parables that Jesus is giving after he had entered Jerusalem. He is speaking of the end times. And he's speaking about judgment day, if you will. And I always like to say that neighboring can be impinged on. Neighboring can be, well, can be delayed. It can even be interfered with by 
Well, by our own judgment, if you will, about who our neighbor is. But this is what Jesus said. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. And that's the verse we get right there, verse 40. Whatever you did to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. That is, to Jesus. And so that's an important kind of thing that we look at today because I have to tell you that I have, and I'm pretty sure you have, this thing we call the sinful nature. Anybody have the sinful nature? If so, raise your hand and say amen. You do that better than they do it over at Emmanuel, by the way. So that's pretty cool. Well, when we say that uh, we have a sinful nature, it's probably indicated by what we all think think of when we hear that passage from Matthew 25 verse 40, right? Whatever you do for one of the least of these my brothers, you have done it to me. Now when you hear the word least, it's kind of funny how our mind immediately starts racing, doesn't it? We start start assigning, if you will, social class to other people. We say, well, it must be somebody that's not as important I am as a person that contributes to society. Or we can say it must be somebody that's even smaller than me that needs my help getting by in this world. It's somebody that doesn't have what I have, so I'm going to deign to stoop down to serve them. Do you see the flaw in thinking that way? We begin to think of ourselves as being a little bit better than those people whom Jesus calls the least. We forget that he says anyone wants to be great in the kingdom, he must become a servant to all. And that's where we get into serving our neighbors. And one of the really cool things is, is that we have an example of that from Jesus himself, right? If we go to the second chapter of Philippians, we can hear how God became a neighbor to you and me. He is one who really did deign to come down into the world and suffer the existence that we suffer here. In other words, we always say that if we're empowering the poor, which is our theme for today, we don't make the poor to be something less than you and me. Because think about what Jesus did. Philippians 2 says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very form of a servant. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death 
on a cross. Think about what Jesus did. He's God himself in the flesh. As a matter of fact, this past month or so has been celebrating the fact, right, that God came into the flesh. The word was made flesh and he dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace is the important thing that is at work here. God did not consider himself to be above us, or at least Jesus didn't. He came down and he groveled in this world of sin with us, if you will. He came, and though he was tempted in every way just as we are, yet we're told that he remained without sin. But he didn't consider himself any better than anybody else when he was here, did he? As a matter of fact, he didn't, hum he didn't act like a king at all. He humbled himself, the Bible says. He became like one of the least of these. So that when we see somebody we would consider to be the least, it maybe should be us who we consider to be that person. Because that's what Jesus did, isn't it? He humbled himself for a poor, miserable sinner like me. And if you're anything like me and you know that you have a sinful nature and you know the thing that that causes you to do, even judging those who we consider not to have it as good as we do, then that's the big mistake we make, is we make them to be lower than us, and so we can't understand what it is that Jesus did. You see, Jesus was not afraid to call us his brothers, if you think about it. And then also, as we share this human flesh with Jesus, or he shares it with us, we know that he is the one who did walk beside us. How many of you ever heard about that, how Jesus walks with us? It says he walks in front of us to lead us. Are you familiar with that? He walks beside us so that we might be assured, if you will. And he walks behind us to encourage us through all of the things that this has to offer. The Bible says it a little bit easier than that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me through this valley of the shadow of death. And that's one of the things that we can be so thankful for. And he doesn't do it as God. He does it as a man. He does it as the least and he says to us, whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you do it to me. So one of the things is get rid of any notion of judgment that we have about the condition of another person. Because we all are alike under sin, death, and the devil. And it's Jesus that has broken into that and has freed us by becoming the least, by humbling himself and becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, that we might have forgiveness of all of these sins of bad judgment and error and sinful nature and all of that. And we know that after he had submitted to death on a cross, that he rose again to assure us that just as he lives, we shall live also. And that means living in the victory to where we consider people not to be less than us because of the word least, but to consider ourselves the least in order that we might truly walk beside somebody. And that's how we empower somebody that we call the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, it says in Matthew 5. And all of those things that we say we empty ourselves and we get rid of our pride and we bend down beside somebody to pull them up, that's what being a neighbor is all about. That's what it means to empower the poor. Or as Jesus did for you and, our, for you and me, for our sake, Christ was made poor 
so that by his poverty we might become rich. You see, in whatever we do for the least of his brothers, we have the opportunity to do for him. It's kind of what the book of Hebrews says, isn't it? Do not neglect to show hospitality to others. For by so doing, some have entertained angels unawares. It's that wonderful thing that to empower somebody, we don't stoop down and pull them up, but we walk beside them to lift them up. And it's one of the things that Jesus says when he says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, right? But whoever humbles himself will be exalted, not by their own doing, but by somebody who walks beside us. The one who saves us, the one who made himself least, that we might become rich in grace, in faith, and all of that. And to be a neighbor to other people, I like how pastor has kind of put this verbiage on the word neighbor, how to neighbor, and we can do that by not saying, I deign to reach down and help you but rather walk beside somebody to let them know that someone cares about them. Now, one of my favorite stories to tell, and I have to apologize, I neglected to tell this in the first service, so you'll have to find somebody that was there and tell them about this, but it involves a story of a church. Now, this is more of a traditional church, and, uh, well, we can say it's a 1C kind of church, too. And sure enough, that people were sitting there on one good Sunday morning, very much like today, right? And then pretty soon, they see that person, that person that comes in off the street, and it's obviously that this person hasn't had any kind of hygiene care in some time, and so people immediately begin to cringe and feel a little bit uncomfortable. Anybody been there? If we're honest, we can say yes, right? And then sure enough, this person that people kind of avoided when he was walking in, he walked up, and believe it or not, and much to everybody's surprise, including the pastor's, well, this man sat down on the floor right in front of the pulpit. Well, just a second. Right in front of where the pastor was supposed to preach. And everybody was kind of beside themselves. Say, what are we going to do? We have this interloper in our church, and we don't know what's going to happen here. What's going to, who's going to deal with this? I'm uncomfortable by this obviously poor person sitting here. But that's when one of the most respected men in the church stepped up. He was actually ushering that day, and he was the head elder of the church, and he'd be a member there forever and ever and ever. And sure enough, he starts walking down the aisle, and pretty soon everybody was getting their hopes up. Oh, there's old Henry. He's going to set this poor man in his place, and he's going to stop making us be uncomfortable. And old Henry makes his way down the aisle. And then when they got there, oh, they were bracing for the confrontation that was going to happen. When all of a sudden, this wise old elder puts out his hand and lays it on the shoulder of the man and helps himself to the floor to sit beside him. When you think about what it is to neighbor... When you think about what it is to do for the least of one of these brothers of mine, and so do it to Jesus, well, it's always one of those things that we can look at. We can say that I'm going to do something special today. I'm going to go out and find somebody in need and help them. I'm going to go out and find a poor person, and I'm going to give them a burger I'm going to go out on the freeway and I'm going to find that person with the sign on the off-ramp and I'm going to tell them that they need to get themselves a job. I'm going to go out and I'm going to teach a man to fish so that when, so I can feed him for a lifetime, if you will. But see, it really, neighboring 
Empowering the poor has to do with us, doesn't it? It means to consider ourselves poor toward God. But the fact that he was rich in his grace, that is his undeserved love for us, and in his mercy where he doesn't give us what we really do. And in the sending of his son into this world, he didn't come to rule over us. He came to walk beside us, to be our shepherd through this valley of the shadow of death. And just as he has deigned to bend down and help us, well, we can be his hands and his feet in the world. Comfort those who are sick or in need. To reach out and actually help clothe somebody. To reach out and do for the least of these brothers and sisters of Jesus. And we see in them the very thing that Jesus has done for us. He gives us his robe of righteousness in baptism to clothe us. He feeds us with his body and blood to cure our spiritual hunger. And most of all... This is really good. He empowers us as poor to go out and neighbor to empower others who are just as poor as us. May God grant that to all of us this day. In the name of and for the sake of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And now the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in true faith in Christ Jesus, even unto life everlasting. And all God's people say, Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, uh, lift up prayers for a friend and a loved one as they recover from surgery. Prayers for my friend Adrian and her family as they have a tough week of celebrating their daughter's first heavenly birthday, that you discomfort them. Prayers for thanks for helping my mother find a job. A prayer of peace on earth in the Middle East and a prayer of protection for the innocent children of all the nations and for the soldiers and military, the fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, sons and daughters that they had been been at risk Let the peaceful hands and hearts prevail. A prayer of thanks, Lord, that you help me out of the funk I'm in so that I can be a better wife, mother, friend, and disciple. A prayer to watch over and guide and protect my children. A prayer for help to heal me from my recent surgery and to remove the swelling and the pain. Prayers for all those who are lost and have not yet found the grace in God. Prayers for my brother Ron, coping with the stress of the job and the family pressures. Prayers for my aging parents, especially for their good health. Prayers for my son and daughter-in-law, they are moving and need wisdom to where to live and to work. (laughs) Prayers for my son who has the flu Prayers for our cat who was admitted to the hospital last night with seizures. We ask the Lord for prayers for our grandson, for the love of God and the healing grace and mercy and healing and the long-term rehab from a severe car accident. Prayers from a friend diagnosed with breast cancer. Lord be with her and her family. Give them courage and peace. Prayers for the addicts still suffering that you will guide them to a better life and a way to live. Prayers for my SOS family as they continue to find new beginnings. Dear Lord, please keep me and give me strength through cancer treatments. Father, a prayer for blessing and all the people in the church today. Prayers for Chuck as he's on life support with bleeding on the brain and continued prayers for my kidney disease so that everything continues to go well. Prayers for our troops, our country, our president. Prayers for Tanner's family as they mourn the loss of Tanner. 
prayers for my mother, Elaine Miller, and grandmother, Nancy Bauer, and everyone suffering from addiction. Prayers for all the people in the world, that God, you just look over them. Prayers for sobriety, good health, family, and addicts still suffering. Lord, I pray that you open our hearts and remove the hate and the resentment we still hold. Show us how to love the way you love us. Help us to be a neighbor. Please help my boys get better. Protect them while I'm apart. Thank you, Lord, for being my anchor during the storm. Prayers for continued guidance and peace in the midst of my chaos. Prayers that I'm on the right path to recovery. Prayers for Mike. Prayers for Adam. Prayers for my friends at OSOS who didn't make it to church this morning. That you'll be with them in their recovery journey. Father, we just thank you for all these prayers brought to you this morning and the ones still on our hearts that you know of. Father, we just thank you that you reach down and are with us where we are. Lord, we just thank you for that and help us to be a neighbor to our neighbors as you have gave us the example. Join me as we say the prayer the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And people of God said, Amen. At this time, I'm going to ask you to do something. I don't know if you do this or not, but please stand and let's share a sign of peace with each other as we come to the Lord's table. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. He's standing. That's kind of neat. <laughs> Peace be with you. Peace be with you all. Peace be with you. Peace. This time you may be seated and we continue. The supper is ready. Come to the feast.
Please stand. Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior strengthen you and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace and in great joy. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give thanks that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Pastor Sparling. If you are a guest with us today, thank you for being here to worship with us. If you haven't had a chance to stop by Next Steps, I invite you to do that. I'd love to have a chance to meet you and then also give you a welcome gift. Um, so please stop by Next Steps. Also, if today's your first day or you've been coming for a while and would like to learn more about 1C Church, our history, our mission, who we are, what we believe, love to invite you to a new disciple launch, which is our version of a new member class. Next Sunday, the 19th, from noon to 2, we will serve lunch. Um, so you can stick around next Sunday after worship for that if you'd like. And Chris, you've got a big announcement to share. So uh, Thursday, March 12th, it's during spring break for you Columbus kids, um, we're having a concert here. We're having Seventh Day Slumber, Stars Go Dim, Stephen Malcolm. Uh, it's kind of like a pared down version of uh, Winter Jam. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Winter Jam or not, but it'll be a night of worship that uh, all ages can, can enjoy and uh, Greg, I know, has seen Seventh Day Slumber, and can, he yeah. can tell you how good they are. But uh, we're looking for some volunteers for uh, setup and teardown, for merchandise sales, and for to help us plan a dinner for it. So if you guys are interested in that, come see me at Next Steps after the uh, after the worship service, and I'll tell you more about it. Great, thanks, Chris. Um, also, if you look on the back of your handout, there's a, a slide about our weekly happenings, how you can learn more about what's going on, because we have so much going on, we can't announce everything. Um, every Sunday, and there's a QR code, so if you take out your phone and open the camera, you scan that code, it'll take you right to our weekly happenings. If you don't get them by email, you can get them that way as well. And we have a lot of things going on that really tie into this, this theme of neighboring, being a neighbor, living life on mission, um, including a summer mission trip, a uh, training called Life on Mission starting a week from Wednesday on Wednesday evenings. And then we also have a way you can get involved with Night to Shine, and here's a video on that. Church, what's up guys? I'm Tim Tebow, and I want to thank your church so much for saying yes to Night to Shine. Night to Shine is truly my favorite night of the year, and we are so blessed to be able to partner with your church, and thank you for, for saying yes. Night to Shine started a few years ago with only 44 churches in 26 states and three countries, but our God is such a big God, and He has just brought so many churches um, to partner together, and this year we're going to have over 700 churches a part of Night to Shine in over 30 countries, and we're just so excited at what God is going to do, and, and I also want to ask you, in your your seat in your pew to, to partner with us to pray about for night to shine to pray about partnering to to volunteer and if you don't know what else to do just come on the red carpet and cheer and clap and just love these kids and and one of the reasons that we love Night to Shine so much from the Tim Tebow Foundation is because we believe that when we're celebrating these kids and we're crowning them as the king or the queen of the prom, that that's how the God of this universe looks at them every single day of their life because they are loved, they are special, they're not an accident, they're important, they were created in love, by love, and for love, and God has an amazing plan for their life. But can you imagine what it's like to never be cheered, to never be celebrated, to never be clapped for? For a lot of these kids, they've never had that chance. But they're gonna have that chance at night to shine. They're gonna be loved, they're gonna be cheered for, they're gonna be clapped for, and hopefully by you. Hopefully you say yes, partner with us, and you love on these kids all around the world. Thank you so much for believing in us. As a church, thank you for partnering with us. But more importantly, thank you for bringing the gospel and God's love to people all around the world because they need it and they need you. God bless you guys. Please rise for our last song.
Go in peace and serve the Lord.